Welcome back to uh, Life and Lemons. This episode is the second out of what is probably going to be five of the Why series, which basically describes why I do something, why I create the podcast, basically. Um, and this one is titled Mother. Now, obviously, from what I said in my previous podcast and what this title is, you can probably guess what this is about. Um, these first five are going to be very personal. Um, so, let's do this. Let's see. I cannot say, I physically cannot say that I knew my mother. She was a nice woman. She was very energetic. uh, But she also had a lot of problems. Some problems is that when she was born, her kidneys... I don't know exactly the whole medical uh, things that were wrong, but her kidneys were basically inside out. Um, So she spent a lot of time dealing with that. Um, another, another thing is that she was told that if she ever gave birth, that she would die. And she had two kids after that, and yeah. But, I didn't know much, because I didn't get to talk to her a lot, because uh, she was an addict. You know? So, I was pretty much forbidden from talking to her. You know, I had to ask permission from my grandparents to see her. I mean, I could see my dad, which is gonna be another episode. I could see my dad more than I saw my mom. When I went to Alaska, I... First of all, I was there because my parents were addicts and they couldn't take care of me. In fact, they pretty much signed me and my sister off in a whole, uh, like, when they were high, so. That's sad. Anyway. After I got back from Alaska, I still maintain contact while it's in Alaska. I talked to them through, like, Skype. Back when that was still a thing. Back when I was still cool. And I was so excited to get back to him. I spent three years in Alaska. Um. So yeah. I spent a lot of my time talking to him. And it looks like their lives were getting better. Over the course while I was in Alaska. I. Uh. My dad. Found my stepmom. And my mom. Found this guy. I say this guy because I don't think they were even dating at the time. And I also say this guy because he does not deserve an ounce of my respect. In fact, none of my mother's uh, relationships deserve any respect, and you'll come to realize that. So, to start off, uh, my mother had met this guy named Brian. Yes, such a 
white name. So this is this Brian character. He seemed really cool. Not as cool as some of the other ones, but he had this place, uh, not really out in the country, but it was pretty secluded, you know, and he had this boy my age, uh, and, you know, I'm the oldest, well, <laughs> I might not be, because I might have a 21-year-old sister living in Florida, that is yet to be determined, as of right now, I'm the oldest, so, no one's near me, though. I, I didn't have anyone my age to hang out with. No friends, uh, no siblings. I was alone. So, I was like, oh yeah, someone to play with. And I had an old, like, Nintendo DS, and so did he. And it, we bonded. It was cool. Uh, about after a week of staying there in North Carolina, um, <laughs> I went to the doctor's office with Brian and his son, Brandon. But we called him Bubba, which is the stupidest name now that I think about it. But yeah, so, I don't remember much, but I'm the one that told my grandparents, so I must have remembered back then. Evidently, Brian showed up there trying to get pain pills. Couldn't. And he ripped a fire extinguisher off the wall and threatened the doctor's life. So, you know, he gets out the office, we're in the waiting room, then he just he rips us from the waiting room, going back to the house, and I don't know how I felt during the time. I mean, obviously I was scared, but whatever. So, then my grandparents show up a couple days after that, and they're like, hey, you know, we went through Alaska together, and, you know, Alaska... So she's like, I want to have, like, a day with you guys. So I was like, cool. And she asked what was up, and then I said, oh, yeah, Brian beat up the doctor. Such a childish way to say it, but then again, I was, like, seven. No, I was, I don't know. I was young and stupid. The only difference between then and now is now I'm older. Um... So, yeah, after they found out about that, a lot of things went down behind the scenes that, you know, little old me wasn't aware of, and we can't go back there anymore. I try to stay, I try to get out the car and get back there, because I finally found a place with my mom and everything I was going to live with her, and it all went downhill, it all went down the drain, because I told them, and I held that against myself for a very long time, until finally I just got over it. Um, I could still see my mom, just not with him, and, yeah, so then, this is when everything gets a bit blurry, because she was kind of all over the place, she moved up with Brian to Maryland, um, and I never saw her, unless she made her way all the way down to where I live. Which was almost never. But when she did, the three of us, me, my sister, and my cousin, we would, like, have fun, you know? We would have fun. We, we'd make a giant pallet, which was, like, blankets, like, a bunch of blankets and pillows in the floor, and we would watch 
Jesse. That uh, thing with Debbie Ryan on Disney Channel. That's how long ago it was. Um, I really enjoyed that. So then, of course, now is the kind of like three year span that my mother was all over the place. I saw her a little bit. She had multiple lovers. And when I say lovers, I don't mean like she was a hoe or anything. I mean, she was only with them. Um, no, she wasn't only with them. She only stayed with them once she found out they were dicks. She only stayed with them because, in a way, in a, some sick way, uh, they were her supplier. Uh, for everything. And that sucked. Um. Yeah. So. Finally. We're just like. You know what. Whatever. Mom. Why don't you just come live with us. And she did. I lived at my great aunt's at the time. Because when we came back. This place was a mess. Because we had loaned it out. While we went across the country. And the person who was in charge of it ruined it. Like, legit. There was... Mmm. Yes. <laughs> Took about three months to fix it up, though. So not too, too bad. But, yeah. It was difficult. Trying to adjust. And then, you know, things are good. She She gets me up in the morning. I watch Ben 10 in the mornings. And then we go up the giant hill... And she waits with us at the bus stop. Life was okay. And then she got kicked out because she found, my great aunt found pain pills and a straw, which, you know, if you can't put two and two together, she was snorting them. Yeah, so, in my own sock drawer. Why I didn't, you know, see that? I don't have any clue. Maybe she picked my own socks out for me. I don't know. Um, so she got kicked out. So she went to go uh, live with Chris. Um, let me back up. We were drawing with chalk one day, and I noticed that my mother was on the phone with somebody. And after dealing with Brian, I really just needed to make sure that everything was going to be okay. So uh, I played the kind of like protector son card, and I was like, hey... You know, you better treat my mom right. And he promised. And he lived up to that promise for a bit. We went to this giant park. Uh, we had so much fun. He bought me pretty much all the ice cream I could want at the time. And then he spun me really fast in one of those, like, rides. Uh, God, at that moment, he was probably more of a dad than my dad was. But more on that in the next episode. Yeah, so, I couldn't dismiss the dude, you know, say he was bad or whatever. You know, he took me, got me McDonald's, he bought his way, uh, with food, which, <laughs> funny. And then everything went down, no, it didn't even go downhill yet, because, uh, he lived sort of close to us, so we'd go and stay the nights. He had a little girl, uh, about a year younger than me. Who also had the same birthday as me. So that's cool. And. Uh, and an older. An older uh, sister. 
to her. I don't know how old she is. I rarely spoke to that one. I mainly just talked to the one that was more my age. But anyway, we had fun, and he taught me how to shoot a BB gun, and all this fun stuff. And then he quickly fell into the same uh, behavior, if not worse than Brian. He was abusive, he constantly screwed around with my mom and manipulated her and her feelings. He... He was just a jerk, you know, which, you know, I could have been like, hey, actually, I couldn't have done anything. So, yeah, about two years with that, two years living with that, um, you know, everyone knows that he's my mom's, you know, quote unquote supplier. And yet I still I'm still able to go over there. Because nothing too bad has happened yet. And then I was just downright forbidden to see my mother. Out of nowhere, it seems. Because she couldn't handle all of my mom's self-destructive behavior and... Uh, I'm not going to say stupidity. Because my mom was really smart. That's where I get my smarts from. My intelligence. Even though... Some of you that know me may debate that that's questionable. Yeah, so I just couldn't see her. So what my dad did is that he still let me see my mom, even though my grandmother said no. My grandmother is the one that has custody of me. Uh, my dad, I'm allowed to like see him on the weekends and stuff. Or at least I was allowed to. Um, so yeah. So he got in trouble for that, and then, you know, since that happened, I couldn't see him for a while, and yeah, it, his argument was that even without her addiction problem, which she maintained since uh, my birth, on and off, yes, but the, the problem was always there, so it's not like she stopped, um, so yeah, it, it, I never got to talk to her the way that, you know, normal people talk to their moms. The only conversations I had with her are like, you know, Hi, how are you? That's it. It wasn't even like she was my parent. It was like some nice lady I met down the street who had pink and purple hair and wore fuzzy pajamas. And that was just how she was. So... Going along with that, um, it was September of 2018. No, it was not. It was September of 2017. Uh, it was like September 13th or September 21st. I don't know. Uh, I was allowed to see my mom legitimately approved uh, by my grandmother. So, I, sm I remember going up to my room at my dad's house, and sitting down with her, and looking at her, and looking, and noticing that I was already, like, two foot taller than her, and that she was so frail, and that she had, uh, and she had, like, tracked marks, not from, 
uh, using needles, like for drugs, but just for all the medical tests that she needed to have done. And she wasn't helping either with all the drugs. Um, but yeah, I remember talking to her about the stupidest stuff. Hey, have you listened to Despacito? You might want to do that. I don't know why, but I was, I don't know, I like that song. I, I can still sing the whole thing in Spanish, and I'm like the whitest kid I know. I remember telling her how I had this crush on this popular girl in our grade. This was my freshman year, by the way. I remember telling her how I had this uh, crush on this girl. Uh, you know. And, <laughs> you know, we were in chorus together. But, you know, and I had some uh, homeroom friends that were friends with her, but we were never... I only talked to her, like, three times. So that didn't work out, you know, because if you listen to, like, the episode before this, I went over my first real relationship and stuff like that. That was the last time I talked to my mom. That was the last time that I saw her alive. And I talked about Despacito and a half-hearted crush. I didn't talk about how she was doing or what I could do to help. I didn't ask her how... I, I didn't ask her anything that I would have wanted to ask her if I knew that that was my last time seeing her. I didn't know it was my last time seeing her. Um, sadly, well, yeah, that was the last time I saw her. My sister and my grandmother saw her once after that at a grocery store. But I opted to either stay home or I was at my dad's house. So I missed out on that opportunity. And so, skip ahead. It is March 19th, 2018. I am in my Math 1 class in high school, freshman year. I'm joking around with a bunch of guys because I didn't take my math class seriously. And then the school counselor at the time knocks on the door. And he's asking for me. And, you know, it's early. Not like super, super early, but it's like 10-ish, 11-ish. No, no, no. It's like 1-ish. You know? So, she's like, my teacher, she was like, yeah, sure, should I have him pack up, and he was like, yeah, I don't think he'll be back here, and you know how schools work, like, if you, if someone says that about a student, everyone's like, oh, he's in trouble, I thought I was in trouble, I always think I'm in trouble, so I'm freaking out with my book bag, walking up with him, and then I was like, hey, am I in trouble, he's like, no, you're not in trouble, and he looked at me like I was about to die. So, we get to the office, and I'm, at the whole time, I'm thinking, what am I doing here? What's going to happen? And then I see my grandmother through the office window, and I'm like, grades? And then I see my grandfather, who never comes to my school. 
he's too busy with work and everything else. And to be honest, he doesn't like any of our schools. He's been forced to go uh, to many, to like too many parent programs and stuff. You know what I'm talking about. So then I'm like, oh, severe grades. I probably shouldn't have been joking around with that. And then all I hear when I open the door is just a bunch of quiet tones. And I, I don't, I can't quite say what was worse, the looks or the lack of sound. So they led me into this small office. And in that office was my grandma, my grandpa, me, and the counselor. Counselor sat at his desk, my grandfather sat in a corner, I sat in a chair, and then my uh, my grandmother kind of knelt in front of me. And that is when she told me that at approximately 10-ish that day, my mom was found dead at her new house that she had finally broken away from Chris and... She still had contact with him, but she was actually taking steps towards a good life. And she was found dead with twice the lethal dose of fentanyl in her system. And it was a needle. And to this day, we still do not have the medical records. We, we still don't know. We don't even have a conclusion to the case yet. Because... Evidently, if you got twice the lethal dose of fentanyl in your system, there's no way you can cap a needle back, and yet the needle was capped, and Chris found her. So, not gonna lie, and I wasn't the only one thinking it, he was suspected of murder. Maybe not by, like, enforcement, law enforcement, but definitely by me and my grandma. But, my initial reaction when she told me that, uh... Even thinking about it now, I would expect myself to just start crying. Uh, start crying. I don't know pretty much after that. But I did not. Uh, I don't know what came over me. Maybe some sort of steely determination. Or maybe it's the fact that I was kind of numb to it at first. Because I did end up breaking down at school after that. But you think, I, I don't know. So, they're asking me if I'm going to be okay, and they're crying at this point, and I'm just looking at them like, are you okay? Do you need anything from me? And then she was like, I have to go tell your sister, and my sister, she has Down Syndrome, and she doesn't quite understand the concept of death, much less the concept of her not being able to see her mom again. And I really wanted to be there for her with that, and it's one of my regrets, but at the same time, I know that I could not last her telling my sister that, so I went back to math class, and everyone was like, oh my god, what happened, what'd you get in trouble for? They seemed to know without me telling them, I only told like three people in the math class, but at the same time, everyone knew. So after math class, um, I don't cry during math class. I get out of math class, and I find Katie. More like Katie finds me, because I texted her and told her that I really needed to see her between classes. And I, that's when I broke down. 
I I cried into her shoulder. It was horrible. I mean, other people were there, but like, you know. I also cried a little bit. No, I didn't cry, but my ear, my my ears. Yeah, funny. My eyes teared up a bit when I was in my next class, which was English one. Or no, yeah, it was either English one or Comp and Grammar two. So yeah, the funeral was a couple of days after that. My birthday was like four days after she died. And her birthday was four days after my birthday. It was horrible. So I couldn't celebrate my birthday. Um, and the funeral was two days after my birthday. And Katie showed up, and one of my good friends at the time, he also showed up. It was a quick funeral. Shook a lot of hands. A lot of people were worse off than me. I remember sobbing while I was looking at her in the casket. Um, putting a flower on her. But other than that... Yeah. Her father... Uh, my biological grandfather that I really don't consider my grandfather. Because he literally travels with a circus. He travels with a fair. Anyway, so he was a mess. He was a big mess. I ended up carrying him. Not physically, but emotionally. And a little bit physically. So, yeah. Every year on her death day, I just take a minute to go somewhere and not do anything. Just sit there and think. Because, honestly, I'm not sure if I got over her or not. I don't know if there was ever a chance for me to properly grieve. I don't know if I can, if I didn't already. Because I didn't know my mom that well. I hear stories from my dad, uh, from my grandma, even from my grandpa. I find stories in the pictures that she took. In fact, I'm graduating in the same room that she did at uh, the community college that my program, uh, the Challenger program, shares. So, yeah. Obviously, I can't convey these feelings 100% accurately because it's over a phone. But this explains. This one was... Oh, nice voice crack. This one was rather short. Um, part of me feels a little guilty for giving Katie uh, an hour and only giving my mother 30. But that just really shows how little I knew her. She used to call me X-Man. Uh, we both loved uh, the same basketball team, even though I have no desire in sports whatsoever. I kept my love for the team in memory of my mom. 
Um, I tried speaking with Chris, but soon after she died, he started with his own path of self-destructive behavior that landed him in jail a lot of times, and he got right back out and did something worse. So now he's in prison for a long time, and I can't talk with him. Even today, there is absolutely nothing on my mom's case. There is no evidence. All there is is what they found at the scene and a few um, a few accounts from different people that led absolutely nowhere. Honestly, I know this sounds really bad. Really bad, but I'm going to explain myself. I don't care anymore. I don't care about how she died. I know how she died. I don't care about like the, the 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 report, you know. I don't care that there's private investigators out there doing this. I'm a, I'm appreciative. Let me just state that. It's just it's been almost 2 years. And it still feels fresh, but at the same time it's been two years, and it seems only appropriate that I move on. Right. If you're still here, you are two-fifths of the way through of the depressing stuff. Yeah, I know, you're not halfway yet. Next episode's gonna be about my dad. This one's gonna last, that one is for sure gonna last a bit longer, because I had more of a connection with him. Um, God. So yes, I promise that once this is all done, there will be, I'm not going to say fun stuff, there will be stuff lighter than this. But I'm going to leave you with this. This is Cage, signing off. Have a good one.